0: How's it going today, Morgan? Good. Good. Is it good? Yeah. You feeling good today? Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm glad to be here. Good. This is going to be a good talk. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. We want to answer some questions today. Ah, switching it up. (laughs) (laughs) Q&A. Okay. We are going to really get tested today Ah, on our our knowledge of the theology of the body. So. Are you yeah. ready for that? I hope so. You hope so? When's the When do you think was the moment or the time when you were like, oh, I get what the Allah Do the Body is? How long did it take you to really get that? I
1: think it took me like two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, So we can... I mean, I still think I'm understanding what Theology of the Body is, like, not that I totally, <laughs> yeah. but it, it took me, like, to not be, like, hostile to it,
0: <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> For two to three, three years. years.
1: Two to three years, so.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that honesty. That's That's a big deal. What about you? That's great. Oh, gosh. Well, the first time I heard someone talk about Theology of the Body, I was, like, I got it. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't get it. Like, I, I understand the it. whole book. <laughs> I got the whole book down. Say
1: no more. I got it.
0: <laughs> but I was convicted. I okay. Thought, yeah, this is beautiful. worthy. Okay. This is beautiful. This is worthy. This is true. Hmm. So, yeah. But I would say that it took a long time before I actually read the Theology of the Body text. Okay. I've had a lot of commentaries on Theology of the Body, but yeah. the actual text I didn't read till probably... I don't know, like eight years mm-hmm. after hearing it. Mm-hmm. So I had to it's work hard. up, I had to work up my way to, to like tackling this book, this tome, this beautiful book. It's a beautiful
1: book. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's book. pretty hard to read at first. It is, but it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And lots yeah. of, you just have conversations with people like you and I have had over the years and you just kind of get used to the language of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and slowly you start to see things differently and pick
1: up terms,
0: pick up terms. Yeah. So our point is that this is, this is a beautiful text and it can be difficult to understand and unpack. So today we are going to try best to explain simply to our listeners uh, what the theology of the biz- <laughs> <laughs> words, <laughs> what the theology of the body is and Answer questions doing that. Open your Open up your clouds. The clouds. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We want to tell you about some great opportunities through Awaken Catholic. One is that you can join the Awaken Nation. The Awaken Nation is a group of donors that make this show and this ministry possible. All it takes is a monthly donation, and you can make that at awakencatholic.org slash donate.
1: And you can join the Awaken app. Um, The Awaken app is like a social media alternative Um, where you can chat with people within the Awaken community, including show hosts such as me and Megan. Um, We're happy to chat with you. And there's access to lots lots of other cool things such as prayers, um, events, a shop, all sorts of cool things. So yeah, you can download that at theawakenapp.io.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Select International Tours. At the end of 2021, Awaken Catholic is hosting two pilgrimage opportunities for you to join us in. One being to the Holy Land with Nick Delatory, the host of the Awaken Catholic show, and us, Megan and Morgan, the hosts of the podcast Naked Without Shame. So, Morgan, what is our pilgrimage going to be about? We are going
1: on a cruise on
0: the Seine River in France.
1: So we're going to Paris um, to see the tomb of St. Joan of Arc, who's one of my favorite saints. She's actually my patron. Um, Lisieux, where where's of Lisieux is buried, another one of my faves. And also um, to Lourdes to see Our Lady of Lourdes. So
0: should be incredible. Yes. If you are interested in, in our cruise or... The trip to the Holy Land, you can go to com slash awaken. Okay, so welcome back. We are excited today to be answering some real questions that we got from real people about, real the, people. about the theology <laughs> of the body. Our I, friends. <laughs> Our friends. <laughs> yes. And we used the Awaken app actually to ask some questions. Yes. So we wanted to do a little plug in now to say that, as Morgan mentioned, you can reach out to us on the Awaken app. We have our own discussion mm-hmm. board, I guess, or our panel mm-hmm. on the Awaken app. You just go to our our group and our show, Naked Without Shame, mm-hmm. and. You can ask questions and and that's really important to us because we, you know, we're talking here and we, uh, we want to know who's, who's listening and, and what you think of us. And, and we always want to clear, be clear about what we're talking about. So if you have any, you know, questions or comments that you want to make about what you're seeing here on our show, you can always do that. Yeah. We welcome it. So definitely. Yes. So we want to just answer some questions today. And we'd love to maybe continue to do this throughout the season too. So for sure. So yes, we'll we'll put our skills to the test here, our knowledge to the test. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. Very good. You ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Question number one, what is the simplest and shortest way to explain the theology of the body to someone who has never heard of it? Okay. Okay.
1: I, I usually go the route and it kind of depends on like who you're talking to, too. Like you have to kind of know, like, is this someone who's already Christian and you can kind of like say like, oh, it's, um, yeah, if it's someone who's like already comfortable with Christian, um, stuff, you could kind of go the route of it's, it's a Christian way of, um, understanding who, who we are as people and like how we love, um, in Light of our relationship to God, basically.
0: This is a Christian message. Mm-hmm. It has to do with how we love and what love is. Yeah. And how we find happiness through that love. Yeah. In this life. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think if it's um, someone who's not Christian, I would go more the route of this is kind of what it means to be human. Basically, and what it means to, to like you were saying, be happy. Because I think everyone is intrigued by that, you know? I mean, that's that's very universal, this desire to know who we are as humans um, and to, yeah, what does it mean to be happy? How do we become happy? Um, I think that's like obviously like a constant question on everyone's hearts. And so yeah. I think that, that going that route is really, I think, helpful. Um,
0: yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add, too, with answering this question and trying to— yeah. Explain it to someone else. The adding the importance of the body to like oh, theology of okay. the body. So
1: Yeah, that's right. Theology of the body. I think that's what's immediately mm-hmm. kind of like weird to people. Like, what does that mean? Theology of the body.
0: Mm-hmm. The body. Like
1: what does the what does theology have to do with the body? Yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's usually my go-to. Okay. Over yeah, the years I've I've explained what the phrase of theology of the body actually Means okay, so theology is the study of God, and the body is what we are, we are bodies, yeah. So, what does my body, my person, have to do with God? What is the connection? Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, and then you can begin to say that the body communicates God, the body communicates love, that's how we are connected to God, kind of simply. That's that's simply a main point Uh of what the body is. It's a sacrament. It communicates Uh God. So let me try to say that succinctly, maybe again. Okay. So what I understand it to be is that the theology, the body helps us see the connection between God and the human person. Mm -hmm. Theology is the study of who God is. The body is what we are, who mm-hmm. we are as persons and the connection between God and the body is that the body is created by God and communicates his love. Yes. Okay. And, makes sense. And we can live a life ordered to that love and live it in the world in such a way through our human sexuality, through our relationships, mm-hmm. through our relationship with the world mm-hmm. that brings us to the fullness of life. There's a fo- I think there's a follow-up question to this as okay. well. I think somebody had also asked if I'm in a relationship with someone particularly. So someone who doesn't know theology of the body but I'm in a relationship with someone whether right. you're dating or even married.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: How how can I best introduce this message uh, to that person?
1: That's a very yes. good question.
0: Yes. So, while I do think that explaining What the theology of the body is in words matters, Mm -hmm. get people starting to think about what it is. The theology of the body is a living message. It is an an embodied message. So I think the, the first and fundamental way to preach the theology of the body or explain the theology of the body is by living out love the best you can with people that you're in relationship with.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It's, it can just be, people aren't interested in just like an intellectual answer ultimately. I mean, it it is helpful it's helpful to have that kind of, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's indispensable actually. Like you need, you need Mm -hmm. the intellect, you need the sort of the reason behind what you're, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, like if that, if that is not lived and it's just this kind of like rote thing and you're like this, you know, I believe this and I want you to believe this too. And like, it's this very Mm -hmm. kind of, um, it seems very abstract or very like Mm -hmm. disconnected from real life. Mm -hmm. I think people are just going to be like, why? Like what? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What
0: what is the purpose of this? Why does it matter?
1: Why do I just arbitrarily have to believe this system of rules basically or something? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 I think that, yeah. But, but when, when it's something that you, that someone can see you really live and you animate in your person, um, that kind of like, it, it gives you life too. Like it gives you happiness and joy. It's not just this kind of like way of living that, that, um, are, yeah, it's just like the sort of rules that you follow that kind of, um, I don't know, mm-hmm. yeah, are arbitrary or whatever. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if they can see that it's, it's something that's enlivening you, um, that's extremely, I mean, that speaks so much,
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah. that I've learned a message, a beautiful message that I've taken into my intellect, and pondered it, but then it it influences my whole person, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's what I would say to that question. First, I guess okay. is that to remember that when we think about what the theology of the body is, in the words of the theology of the body, it's it's already being communicated and lived out in reality, in in. The day to day, like I am embodied, I'm in relationship and I can, I can live those truths just in that order Uh of being, Uh of existing. Yeah. So, to trust that it's, it's operating in your life, I guess. Yeah. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah. Trust it's operating in your life and also trust that it's, I mean, if we believe this um, is true, um, it, it must be true for everyone. And it must also like, it must speak to people's hearts basically. Um, so when you're telling someone about it, you're not just kind of like trying to get them to believe something, but you're, Mm -hmm. you're speaking a truth to their heart, like the truth of who they are. Mm -hmm. And and it's, I mean, yeah,
0: that's good. Maybe they're
1: ready to receive it or they're not, but like somehow like, yeah, that, that, um, that will resonate with them. Mm -hmm. At least that's the hope, you know, that's, that's our prayer that it it will resonate with them. It'll kind of make them realize oh wow. Yeah. Like this is, this is who I am. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is kind of.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I, that's a good point too, to, to what I would add to the answer of if I'm in relationship with someone, what, how can I explain the theology of the body? It's always helpful to say, like, this is what I've, this is what I've learned and just say sharing, okay, I've learned that my creation is good and that, and that God loves me and I'm made, made good. Or I understand more of God's design for men and women in their relationships no, just talking about also what you, what you've learned and what you've gained from it yeah. can be helpful. Yeah. For someone. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Again, yeah. And it's, it's made me happy. Is- I mean,
1: it's made me happier. It's made me mm-hmm. more myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's made me able That's to good. love. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good. Speaking of happiness, let's uh, go on to another question. Okay. Okay. That uh, has something to do with that. Great. Sound good? Yeah.
1: Happiness. Okay.
0: Happiness. I like it. Why don't you read it? That's a <laughs> ah, okay. Why does living according
1: to theology of the body make you happy? Wow, that's a good question.
0: That is a co- good question. It, as we've alluded to in the last answer, it gave me a message and a meaning of myself. Huh. Yeah. And what I'm made for. Okay. And where I'm going. Yeah. I guess what I'm who I'm made for and where I'm going and how to live a life ordered to that that design okay for my life from God okay so like the the order of love okay to to exist from love to exist for love uh to be known and and yeah just affirmed in in that identity mm-hmm. as love uh I'm using the word love a lot but it's okay <laughs> yeah so Um, did it change your way of
1: seeing yourself? I mean, like, was it like kind of a distinct change or was it kind of just like a, it was a deepening of what was already Mm -hmm. there, would you say?
0: Yeah. That's a good question. Like, did you
1: always think that, you know, to kind of live in this relationship to God and kind of follow that and, and allow that to shape your entire life? Like, did you always think that was what would make you happy or did you kind of come to that realization over time?
0: I would say over time. Okay. Yeah. I would say over time. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of things out there that claim to make us happy. And I would say that there were things in my life that made me quote happy. Yeah. Right. And, and satisfied and, and they were good but what what I realized is that those things that fulfilled my desire or made me happy or or satisfied, like were're still in the order of God's design for for gifts to me to be enjoyed to to be loved by him. It just made things seem like so very clear of what what is happening in my life,
1: okay. Can you give me an example of like something that you used to think made you happy? And you're saying mm-hmm. it did make yeah. like, it wasn't good. It wasn't like it was a yeah. bad thing,
0: yeah. I mean, even just my family life, Okay, I would say just living in my family and knowing that my family loves me, like those things made me happy mm-hmm. to know that I was cared for and, and thought of and, and taken care of. Um, but then there was like a deepening of, of the happiness, I guess, knowing mm-hmm. that all of this is, it's kind of lifted up into like an order of love.
1: It becomes kind God. of it becomes something greater mm-hmm. and kind of yeah that's that's beautiful that's mm-hmm. interesting
0: yeah it becomes How, like it's, more
1: it's not that it negates like these beautiful things in your life and you have to just like mm-hmm. only love God now and mm-hmm. you like everything else you reject yeah you know but it's that actually like these things that mm-hmm. are truly really beautiful and and do make you happy are kind of given this new horizon mm-hmm. like that this new sort of like what you're saying like ordering mm-hmm. that then actually you, you receive those things, you know, like we were talking about in our last episode too, like you, you receive them as, um, as a gift from Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And so then it's not, it kind of like gives them this eternal value. Like your family is not just like these people that you love anymore, but your Mm -hmm. family is like, wow, like this, this family, these people are given to me as, as a gift from God and to love them, um, is somehow part of my relationship with God. It's part of my
0: eternal yeah
1: calling if that makes yeah. sense um
0: and the and my eternal calling and my end in happiness in union with god like in heaven at the end of our lives right and all of these things foreshadow that that final experience that yeah. we're headed towards you're
1: experiencing a little taste of yes. heaven in those relationships and that gives it so, gives them so much more dignity mm-hmm. and helps you i think i mean it's not like we're constantly able to have this total awareness once we you know learn theology of the body i mean it's it's a it's a work it's 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 something we have to really learn over time but it's an awareness that we have to cultivate of mm-hmm. like this this moment before me and th- these things that i love are eternally valuable and they're speaking of God to me. Mm -hmm. They're part of my relationship to him. Um, And so to practice that awareness is really like everything becomes a prayer, you know, Mm -hmm. your whole life becomes this prayer. And yeah, so the world doesn't lose its value when you embrace God, but it actually like it gains this incredible value, like this incredible Mm -hmm. dignity. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And beauty. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like it. Would you add anything to the, that question, the answer to the question?
1: Um, yeah. Why theology of the body makes you happy. Um, I would, I mean, I guess I would just say for myself, um, I like you, I mean, I I think I had a lot of things before my sort of conversion and, um, discovery of the church and of Christ, um, I had a lot of things that did make me happy. Like I was really into music for instance, or, um, I don't know. Music was my main thing. Um, and I loved it and it did give me these sort of like these moments of like incredible happiness. And it was, yeah, it was so beautiful. Um, but I think that for me, there was always this question of like, is this enough? I had that kind of ache in my heart, I think for, as long as I can remember. Um, I really had this feeling of like, this is great and this is beautiful, but it kind of doesn't last. And like, what is it? Is there something in the world that lasts basically? Or even like relationships and love. Like you have this, I think, I remember having the same question, like, okay, I love these people. Like I have these little momentary moments of happiness in this life, but like, you know, we're going to die and who knows what's going to happen. And so it's kind of like, what then? Um, and that's why theology, the body, theology, the body, and and just, you know, Christianity in general kind of gave me this new, exactly what we were talking about this, this way of understanding, like these things are foretastes of something so much greater. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to be so afraid of losing them or so kind of like they don't have to leave me feeling empty in the end, but they kind of are lifted up into this like so much more beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that for me was just like, just really incredible. And I, I just had never heard anything like that. And it was so like, you were saying so fulfilling to my humanity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it, yeah, it did make me a lot more happy. Um, it kind of, yeah. Um,
0: Gave a a purpose and a a meaning to just the things in your life that you were experiencing. There's like a, in, within a greater, I don't know, end, like a, like you said, a a lifting up into these meanings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then I think also like teaching, learning how to love has been like, you know one of the bigger Mm -hmm. things too, of like, not that I, you know, I think that love is something that's intuitive to people and natural to people. So it's not like I didn't have love in my life before I met Christ, but, um, like exactly what we were saying, I, I think learning how to love with this eternal dimension, um, and to love people in Christ. Um, and what I mean by that is like realizing that my relationships with people are part of my relationship with Christ. And so, Again, they have this eternal value to them. They're not just like these feelings of love, mm-hmm. but they really mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, this, yeah, this like realization, like slow me slowly, has, um, yeah, really like helped me um, understand like how loved I am first, um, which is like a very beautiful, freeing, healing um, recognition, and then like to respond to that and like see like wow, like when I'm when I deepen more and more into that love. Um, kind of like we were talking about in our morality episode, when I deepen into this sense of being loved by God and knowing that all of my life and all of the things that are that are given to me in life are a communication of love from God, then I I find in myself this capacity to love in response that I didn't think was possible, like before. I just didn't I don't know. Mm-hmm. You see, you see parts of yourself and, and, you know, these truths about yourself that that were not possible, that that you just couldn't see before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really have seen that, that, like, it makes me happy. It makes me enjoy my life more, but it makes me know who I am more and um, see that really the beauty of who I am mm-hmm. and who other That's people nice. are and like the truth, which has just been incredibly, like I was saying, healing, freeing, um, and just so beautiful and exciting. So I don't know, That's for me, great. it's, it, it definitely makes me happy. It's like, it's just this incredible, it's been this incredible gift really.
0: It has been. Yeah. I can definitely relate to everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely worth looking into because happiness is there Yeah, when Look we into know it. ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Look into it. <laughs> okay. Ready for another question? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Why did John Paul II decide on this topic, considering there are a myriad of others that he could have expounded upon.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I, he? Yeah. I think well, we, in our technology talk, we did, we touched on this a bit mm-hmm. that it was a response to humane Vitae, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It was a, it was a response to humane Vitae in that it provides this, study of man, this, this Christian anthropology to who man is in order to then understand why certain ways we treat the body, such as with contraception, mm-hmm. we, the church claims to be in error or wrong.
1: Yeah. Or against, against the goodness of yeah, the inherent goodness of these things.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is, yes, it's, he, he saw a need at this time in history to, to explain more deeply and fundamentally like this philosophical and this um, yeah this 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 vision of man yeah you know yeah. In, yeah in man's fundamental capacities and components human sexuality, love, work yeah these these dimensions yeah and also I, I want to say too that there were there were real threats to the Christian anthropology you know, that yeah. he, that he talks about threats over the past few hundred years. Yeah. I'm just and thinking, i think, oh, sorry. I'm just thinking of the, the dualism or the, like the separation between body and, and mind or body and soul that's mm-hmm. been prevalent in human thought. You know, I think therefore I am. Yeah. You've heard Descartes. that Descartes. You've heard that phrase maybe before to to there's a billy eilish song <laughs> sorry if you heard that song no no
1: <laughs> i'm not even gonna be able to sing it but there's a song yeah i think it's called i think therefore i am okay <laughs> i'm not gonna sing it i, no? I would butcher it okay. and embarrass myself but <laughs> but anyway it's it's very yeah. interesting it is yeah. very common um phrase yeah in our culture
0: right yeah yeah I mean there there is something to like the order of the human body and the human person that we take in something we think about it and then it kind of can become manifest in us um mm-hmm. like there there are yeah there there's an order to the body in in that way and there's parts to the body mm-hmm. too that function differently yeah but what John Paul II affirms is that the the human body is a whole the whole the whole person that communicates something in the form of the body and what can happen with put, like breaking the body into parts, or thinking of the body as as parts, is that we we begin to see it as a, a functional thing, or like something that can just be easily changed and manipulated. The mm-hmm. parts can the parts can just be changed as a part here and there and there, and then we get confused about the nature, the like the the purpose of the human body, right? Yeah. So that's. I, I see. So you were saying mm-hmm. that,
1: like, in, you know, modernity, mm-hmm. um, and so with these thinkers like Rene Descartes or like Francis Bacon or all these other dudes um, who kind of started thinking this way, what happened was there was sort of this like shift in understanding the human person as a body and soul unity, the mm-hmm. sort of integrity of body and soul um, to seeing man as something like you're saying this dualism, like my mind is kind of separate from my body and my body is almost just this kind of tool that I can use or manipulate in whatever way I want. And I don't have to honor it. I don't have to respect it anymore. It's kind of, and we were saying in our last talk about technology, this goes also for the the world around us. Like I don't have to honor the natures of things I can kind of just manipulate whatever I want Mm -hmm. and abuse things really. Mm -hmm. Um, because they don't matter. I mean, they they don't have intrinsic meaning. They Mm -hmm. don't a value, yeah. Um,
0: so instead of the body being an expression of the person, mm-hmm. the body can, in this way of thinking about the body, mechanistically, can become ab- abstracted to my person. It's like a, a possession of mine. The body is is a tool or a, an external thing to my who I really am, right? And so John Paul II saw that too in his own studies, and and thought, okay, how do we how do we affirm that the body? person is yeah is is in union yeah yeah in that
1: way yeah and i think you saw i mean we were seeing more and more like the um the real dangers of see of conceiving man in this way and this dualism i mean like um if we don't recognize that the body has value then we can kind of um mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was starting to see this trend in like science mm-hmm. for instance of like um I mean, all sorts of like the life issues, basically, like Mm -hmm. contraception of like the body doesn't have meaning. So we can kind of do whatever we want with it and we can, we can, um, control our fertility and damage it and Mm -hmm. abuse it basically, um, based on what we want to do because it doesn't have meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can kind of use the other person in that sense too. I mean, that's a danger, you know, that I can use the other Mm -hmm. person's body basically Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: it doesn't have value. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. meaning.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, the more you study the theology of the body, the more you, you realize what the body is as a communication of God and the communication of your person. Right. It's like, you really just start to love the body. Yeah. Like, as it's created. Yeah, right. You know, you just really appreciate the body and and the masculine body and the feminine body and, like, what that, yeah, what that communicates. Yeah, it's really yeah beautiful
1: yeah like we were talking about in our first episode healing our relationship with our bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean it's definitely hard. it's not just that you you learn these things and then your relationship with your body is perfect. Mm-hmm. it's a tension but it's yeah it's like helping us to just kind of have this harmony in our person mm-hmm. um, and not live in this kind of world of like yeah more and more we're becoming disconnected from our from our bodies mm-hmm. I mean even with like technology you know that's a big real threat is that we're kind of mm-hmm. living in this increasingly virtual disembodied world. Um, And what's the, what are the consequences of that? I mean, I think that that's really important in all that we're talking about with theology of the body Mm -hmm. to think through and recognize like, what's the, what's the consequence of that for our humanity, for our ability Mm -hmm. to relate to ourselves, to other people Mm -hmm. and the world around us um, Mm -hmm. in a way that makes us happy in a way that allows us to love, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that Jean-Paul II saw all these trends, Mm -hmm. Um, Like we were saying, like this trend of modernity towards dualism and seeing the person as separated, the body and soul, and towards like a sort of technological Mm -hmm. um, view of of the of reality and of the person, Mm -hmm. and said like, wow, okay, I need to. We need to. Christianity. These things have been in the church from the beginning. I mean, it's not like he's just making this stuff up out of nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. It was there in essence, but it needed to be developed. It needed to be. Um, spoken and articulated in a new clear way for modernity um, because we we've yeah we're, we're kind of going in this other direction and he was like okay it's now time for the church to say these things explicitly because maybe before you know before modernity this stuff was just like very obvious for people like yeah body I mean body and soul are in union like mm-hmm. There are natures to things, like Mm -hmm. there's meaning to the body, all these, like that was very intuitive, but Mm -hmm. it's not anymore. So Mm -hmm. what is the, how is the church going to respond? And I think that's really the brilliance of the incredible like perceptiveness of John Paul II. Yeah.
0: He's so good. Yeah. He's amazing.
1: (laughs) He's really incredible. Like a great gift for the church. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's wonderful. Okay. Before we continue, are you tired of being stuck at home during this pandemic and want to go out and see the world? Well, join us for a cruise in France or with Nick Delatori to a pilgrimage in the Holy Land. To find out more, go to selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Next one? Yeah. I think this is our final one, actually. Oh, yes, okay. For now. <laughs> okay. Here you go. I'll let you read it. Okay. Wait,
1: which one is it? Okay. Ah, yes. The classic question. Can men and women be friends? Also, in a marriage, what are proper practical boundaries for male and female friendships? Good question. That is a good question. question.
0: Hard question. Yep. Yeah. So this is a complicated question.
1: Yeah. I think that we are not going to have the perfect answer, but we're definitely going to, we're going to throw some stuff out there. Yeah. Food for thought. I
0: I think we, yeah, in our studies, I think, and just in our conversations, I think we have, we have a good answer to offer. Um, But yes, we'll, we'll definitely just share it from our perspective and, and our, what we've learned. Yeah. So with that disclaimer, let's, let's take a stab at it. All right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Can men and women be friends? I think,
0: I think, I will say, I think most people would like to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's an intuition of, wow, like friendship is good and men and women can also live in this, this harmony and this peace and this, um, yeah, this, this beautiful type of relationship where one another respects each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's very true. I think that's probably learned, you know, in family life when you're, when you if you have siblings yeah that are, you know, the opposite sex as you, you kind of learn how to be in relationship there, like with with them. Yeah,
1: like and I grew up with my brother's friends. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my brother, I mean, I just have a brother no and yeah. sisters or anything. So, yeah. yeah, I was friends with the opposite mm-hmm. sex since I was very little. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And they were great friendships.
0: Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so we want to affirm that yeah, re- like relationship, being in relationship can be with with anyone Uh, yeah and And I
1: think that if we kind of like even just like asking that question for me I think it's a very important question and it's something that like we have to um, tease out and kind of yeah, really take seriously but at the same time like you can see in the question a little bit like there is this kind of um, wound or suspicion of like is that really possible because we yeah we i don't know we've seen this lack of freedom in ourselves or in other people potentially of like being able to be pure of heart in our friendships with the with the opposite sex mm-hmm. um and so that's understandable like there is that wound i think and there is that sort of danger we have to be real you know realistic about it at the same time there's kind of this suspicion in the question of like maybe that's going to happen and so can we be really fully free in our relationships with people basically or do we have to kind of like um stifle ourselves or guard ourselves
0: mm-hmm. constantly.
1: Mm-hmm. Does does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think um, so. Yeah. So I think in in the question we wanna we wanna say that the journey of purity of heart and and freeing yourself from the suspicions of the heart is is one step maybe in that. Um but but then recognizing too that people are given in a certain way to you. There's there's an order to to who who people are for you. Okay. And I would I would say that you know in the in the case of of people who are are married with a vow it it makes it kind of in a way it seems to me like easier to know who people are for you because mm-hmm. you know who your spouse is for you and and that this person is your person. This is okay, the person yeah. you vowed to to love. You are friends with this person, but you are also united to this person for life. And yeah. so everybody else will will have to be just your friend.
1: Okay, so you're saying is the objective saying? reality of, of a vocation kind yes. of gives clarity to your um, friendships, yeah. basically with yeah. the opposite sex.
0: Yeah. I would say objectively. Okay, it's yeah, it's it's more like intricate than that and complicated. But I think. And thinking about answering this question like the the vow i think orders this a little bit more clearly and then you can begin to work on that purity of heart okay that purity of heart yeah. in in when you yeah are are friends with someone of the opposite sex um and maybe even be attracted to that person that there can be a a, a journey of purity yeah and and recognizing okay this I affirm the beauty of this person. I affirm the goodness. I affirm that I really love this person even.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, Yeah.
0: But but to always remember like, I love this person because I love my wife or my husband.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My love for my
0: from my vow given by God. Mm
1: -hmm. The
0: the love I receive from God in my vow, whether married or priest or consecrated, that that love is first and then that flows into my other relationships. Yeah. And I know who those other people are for me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That that's what I would add. Yeah. I guess, um, but it but it is more complicated than that. Like the human heart and the human person. You might have it, to. I mean,
1: that that might require. I agree with you. I think that that's very helpful. And. If you are given a vocation and you're kind of, it's clear now, like this is sort of the path of my life and this, Mm -hmm. this, this person that I've devoted myself to, or if you're celibate, you know, Mm -hmm. this God that I've devoted myself to, this is like the sort of total horizon of my life and everything has to be within this. I mean, this was, this is an objective reality, um, basically this vocation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't have like a question anymore about like, who is this person Mm -hmm. for me? Like... I already, right. I've been given that answer to that question. Yeah, um, but th- yeah, I mean, it may, it may be the case that sometimes we're af- we're asked to kind of suffer in that of like we um will we'll have attractions to people and like yeah. that's that's okay. That's not mm-hmm. something to be kind of like yeah. terrified of and kind of mm-hmm. like um, suspicious of, I think that's the thing is like, I think even actually the suspicion itself, like feeling this attraction, like can be, but then stifling it and saying, oh, this is bad. I shouldn't feel this. That can be like a very unhealthy thing and actually like create, I mean, problems for yourself and problems within your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're, you're unfree in that you're un you're un, uncomfortable with and unable to deal with basically like yeah, it's something that's very, very kind of fundamental about your humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think one thing I would say is just kind of like, um, being, being, um, a comfortable, comfortable and at peace with the fact that like, we are going to experience attractions in this life and that's beautiful. And that, that's actually, it's, it's a gift in some way mm-hmm. and, and potentially like it, it requires some suffering and some sacrifice, Yeah. Um, But that's not against you. I mean, that's something to resist and be afraid of. It's something that you have to just pass through prudently. I mean, it's not to say like, you know, maybe there are times when you say like, I'm not going to constantly hang out with one person that I'm attracted to one on one because Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult for one of us. Mm -hmm. That's totally I mean, that's beautiful. And that's beautiful that you're able to have that level of um, self Self control, self control and self reflection. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, so I'd say that, yeah, the prudence is necessary, but there's also, I think equally necessary is trust, trust in your, um, trust that your heart is good. Trust that, Mm -hmm. that you are good and the attraction, the attractions that you're given are good. And for a reason, um, again, you know, prudently, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and so to not, not be afraid and allow yourself to kind of slowly you know the more the more you kind of grow in relation to god and like also relation to, to your spouse or your vocation um you'll your heart will be purified basically you'll be able to see the other person and your attraction for the other person potentially even mm-hmm. um not as like something you want to grasp at and and use for yourself mm-hmm. um but as like we keep saying it's like the one of the biggest themes that we use in our in our <laughs> um, talks, but like as a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And then that, that person just becomes like, wow, this this is a beautiful person. And I love this person, mm-hmm. but I don't want, I don't want to possess them or use them. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to love this person as I'm called to mm-hmm. and as they're called to, I want to love, yeah, this mm-hmm. is a very like Luigi Giussani phrase, one of my favorite theologians. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I want to love their destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want to love who they are for me and who they are for God. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a sort of, that's a maturity that, you know, again, not everyone's going to be there immediately. And it's something you have to kind of potentially suffer through. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's, I think that's what we we want to get to that, that level of freedom is -hmm. something that I think we are, not only do we want to get to, I think we're called to get to, um, in this life. And so, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I like that a lot, Morgan. I was just thinking too, of like a, a practical boundary or, um, yeah, I guess in ensuring that. You can you can trust yours, one another in a marriage of of these experiences of being friends with someone else outside of the, the marriage with the opposite sex is to, yeah. to recognize once again like, the objectivity and the the fundamental. Uh, print, uh, priority of the mm-hmm. vow of this person, mm-hmm. and really, having conversations and and seeing and trusting that okay, I, I know this person is going to put me first. Yeah. Yeah. And they they, are, I see that they are, they're always putting me first. Like, okay, my husband or wife is like serving me and caring for me and, and loving me day in and day out first. Like that's, that's our first responsibility Mm -hmm. together. And the more you do that with one another, the more you communicate about that and live that life, it secures you then to go out because you don't feel like it, there's a threat then from this other person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know that the person loves you and mm-hmm. that they're going to love other people within mm-hmm. that love that is yeah. their first primary. I mean, that's, you're in a vocation together. Yeah. You're, you are, in a certain sense, each other's call to holiness. And yeah. so if that you can tell that your spouse really lives that. I mean, again, no one's perfect. It's not to say that mm-hmm. there's going to be like this perfect mm-hmm. example of that. Mm-hmm. But if you really, if you trust that about your spouse and you know that, yeah, this person loves me and like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like... They're, they're, yeah. Every relationship they're going to be in, every friendship they're going to be in, is going to be an affirmation of that basic truth about their life that's yeah. been given to them by God. Mm-hmm. um And so then you're free, and you don't have to have this kind of, mm-hmm. this suspicion or like this jealousy all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, it can be very difficult, and it can okay. be a, a huge, I mean, problem for people. So it's not to kind of mm-hmm. poo-poo it or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's still. True. But but just to say that I think that this is. This is possible mm-hmm. and it's something that we should pray for and yeah, try to mm-hmm. aim for in our relationships yeah. because it's because it's what makes right. us more free yeah. and yeah. more able to love, more yeah. free to love basically. Yeah. yeah. Um That's good. Yeah.
0: I want to take a different spin on it uh the question the first part of the question. Okay. Can men and women be friends? Uh how about talking about two unmarried people?
1: Okay. Can can, can, two unmarried... can
0: two unmarried people be friends? And let's let's give the the situation of like two unmarried people who are the same age, or who could potentially be in relationship. Okay. Can those two people just be friends? Yeah, I think that's another dimension of the question. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, these things are so tricky. I I think I support what I'm about to say. Okay. <laughs> All right. (laughs) It's more complicated than this. And it's, this is not as practical of an answer, but I would say that two people who are not in a state of life yet, who are friends who really care for each other, who have, who have said like, we are, we are friends. What's, what's missing is that security of the vow yet. And so you're, you're not quite a hundred percent sure that this person is just your friend. Okay. Yes. You can, you can practically, I think you can be friends. You can, you can, you know, you can enjoy each other. You can, you can kind of put in your mind, like this person is just my friend. And, and I, and i love this person. Mm-hmm. I think practically you can do that. But I think the objectivity of not having a vow will always, there will always be an openness to the possibility of being more than friends.
1: Okay. Gotcha.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Okay. I don't know. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I think
1: I, I, um, I mostly agree with what you're saying. I think that the, the vow does really give a lot of clarity to it because there is, there tends tend to be the question, like one person likes the other, or Mm -hmm. the other person doesn't Mm -hmm. or like, yeah, there's always that kind of like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Question basically. Um, but I, I, I guess my my thing would be still not to be suspicious and like, oh, you, Mm-mm. you can't, no. um, you can't entertain friendships with the opposite sex because there's this potential of attraction, mm-hmm. and and if you don't want that, then you shouldn't do that, and you really should only be mm-hmm. friends with the same sex, and then date people of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. I think that that that. Um, That can be unhealthy actually, because then you're only talking to people of the opposite sex for the purpose of dating them basically. And that's not, I mean, you need to be friends, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to, Mm -hmm. to be in relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I think that yes, the, the vow gives it clarity, like definitive clarity. Like there might still always be that question. Like, is, could this be something more? Um, but I think to some extent, like, um, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And You'll be able to get through the kind of messiness of that if you are able to really just cultivate a true friendship with the person. And so I think that it's almost like it's not mutually exclusive. Like you can be friends with someone and have the question of maybe this is meant to be something more. And that's not against your friendship, right? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So it's. I think that absolutely you can be friends. It's just the question of is it just friends? Yeah, might not be clear.
0: Yes, Um, and that's that's okay. And
1: you have to if if the friendship's strong enough and the friendship's pure, you're going to be able to work through that and be like, okay. I mean, even if one person kind of feels like there should be something more and the other doesn't, like, you'll be able to kind of work through that together in your friendship. In your friendship, Um, and and you'll be
0: okay on the other end if it doesn't. Come to anything else. Exactly. Because
1: you, know? you truly do. I mean, in friendship, like the whole point is, you know, that you truly love the other person mm-hmm. as a person and not as something that you use for yourself. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. so important for entering into a relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. necessary actually that men and women be friends, I think. yeah I think I'm yeah, willing to say that. I mean, maybe that's controversial, but I think that you <laughs> have to be. Um mm-hmm. yeah, you have to be. And I think that again, I would just I would caution against the suspicion. Um I, I think it's it's sometimes well grounded, and I think that um you, you, yeah, you have to be prudent. Um, it's important to be prudent and kind of know yourself, know other people, but we can't live, I think for myself, like I can't live my life in this kind of like constant, um, second guessing my own motivations or other people's motivations and like kind of Mm -hmm. feeling super stifled in that. Like I have to kind of, um, I don't know, learn slowly to be kind of like set free of these things and just love people yeah, basically yeah. just be free and
0: yeah. And I think able we to
1: love in relationships basically. Um,
0: and I think we both know that that's possible and we could share a lot of examples of, of people who we have been friends with married men who were friends with or priests yeah. that really are very free to Absolutely. to receive us and love us. I mean, I've had wonderful friends who, who are married. Show me my dignity yeah. and I, I have no suspicions of them. Yeah, absolutely. I've had the mm-hmm. same experiences and mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's, yeah, it's so beautiful. And I just think like, if, if, you know, if we all only have this suspicion or this like, we'd kind be, of missing, like, out on we'd be on missing out on those beautiful, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, also in those relationships, like they're not friends with me because they want something out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's this total pure, yeah. like, just affirming of who Mm -hmm. I am as a person and Mm -hmm. love for me as a person. And that, that kind of love is extremely important for us. I mean, those Mm -hmm. are, I think it's actually very important for us, um, as men and women to experience those Mm -hmm. kinds of, that kind of love Mm -hmm. basically. And so we have to, we have to allow for that to happen, give that space to happen and allow for the messiness. I mean, again, in prudence, allow for the messiness, pray through it, um, work through it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. this is kind of just, you have to allow our humanity to kind of get worked out maybe yeah. sometimes it's a difficult thing and there's gonna be suffering but it's the it's rewarding in the end it's much more rewarding and yeah. it's much more beautiful
0: mm-hmm. that's great yeah that's my take on it great answer morgan thanks you awesome. too okay to be continued
1: yes to be continued time in the
0: future <laughs>
1: yeah yeah thank you for your questions yes
0: thanks for your questions They were fun questions to answer. I had a good time. (laughs) I agree.
1: I agree. Yeah. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. We like them.
0: On the Awaken app. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please.
0: Please do. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to our conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember you are good and you're a gift. Yes. We'll see you next time. See you next time.